Hey everybody, this is Adam. And this is Atkins. And we're bringing you another episode of the Almighty Podcast, uh, produced by the Back Patio Network. And if you are interested, go check out backpationetwork.com. We got a couple other shows over there. We play a little bit of Pathfinder. We have a new live show every Sunday on twitch.tv slash backpatio.net. So there's all kinds of fun stuff going on. Be sure to check out the site, see what all we got happening. And you've been playing something on Twitch that I keep not being able to watch too, or or is that done with? Did I miss that whole boat? No, no, that boat is a long, big boat that will forever be traveling a sea. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing Dark Souls 3 with a bow-only run, um, and it is slow going because I'm not very good, but I love that game. Uh, and then Casey and I, Casey's another member of the back patio, we've been playing through Monster Hunter World. Uh, we're trying to work our way up to Iceborne. So, which is the DLC that came out probably about a year ago, but him and I have never played the Iceborne saga and uh, Monster Hunter World base was like really cheap on a Steam sale a couple weeks back. So we're hanging out, we're trying to stream. There's no set schedule for that one. It's just whenever Casey and I are free, like we get on and stream. So don't feel too bad, you know? Uh, I'll try not to. I mean, one day I'll be cool enough to catch a stream, but... Sometimes I'm just busy. <laughs> we need to figure out a way to set up uh, like a card playing live stream. Like we could have like cameras pointed down at the table or something and we could play whatever live. That would be kind of cool. That would be fun. I beat you in Keyforge. Yes, you probably could. Um, <laughs> you know, I found my Keyforge decks the other day. They're sitting in the garage. I found out that I have like a deck that presumably could beat like 99.9 something percent of all Keyforge decks that have been registered in the master vault. Wow. And I just own it. That's crazy. Yeah. It's there's all these different websites that rate them in all these different ways. And apparently one of mine is like, you could win all of the things with this. And it's not <laughs> even one of the like crazy, like horseman decks or anything. It's just a good deck. I've played with it a few times and it is real good, but I've also beaten that deck when somebody else was controlling it. They were just a dummy. Oh, well, <laughs> I beat it with one of my other good decks, actually the one that I played in a tournament with, um, and I managed to pull out a win. Knowing is half the battle, Adkins. It is, it is. Hey, you uh, you mentioned schedule, and this is something that we need to talk about for the AMP, because you and I are actually recording a little earlier than we typically do, not like time-wise as far as the clock is concerned, but week-wise, um, because we just recorded episode 80 last week, uh, and then after we finished recording episode 80... We were looking at the calendar and we realized I was going to be unavailable the next time we would have normally recorded. Um, so we had to scramble, come up with a new way of doing things where we could keep content uh, streaming through our lovely listeners' ears. And so this is where we're at. We're, we're doing this uh, this alternative uh, kind of episode. It could be a filler episode. We've done these things before, but we will not be addressing the anime uh, the next two episodes of the anime were 101 and 102. So Christmas is going to be delayed just a little while longer in I'm the sure My Hero universe. You're so um, upset about that, I'm sure. We, Yeah, I am. I found out that it's not at all filler. Did Did you see that in the <laughs> I Discord? Did. Yeah, I saw. I think it was uh, Queen Jess had mentioned something about that. Yeah, I was. I assumed that it was because I think I had mentioned in the last episode I was scrolling forward a little bit in the manga, trying not to spoil too much, but I didn't see any Christmas stuff. So it must be, but according to them, this stuff is all out of whack order-wise between how the manga presented it and how the anime is handling things. So they have a lot of questions about that as well. So I don't feel that bad. Yeah, you may have to, you may have to stop reading along with us. You're going to get ahead. I might, I might. Um, but all that to say, we're going to be presenting our top 10 comic strip selections from My Hero Academia Smash Volume 2 today, and then we will do our best to get back uh, to being anime current 
in as timely a manner as we possibly can. This will absolutely mean that um, as this episode goes live on the 5th, we will also have an episode go live on the 12th. So you will get at least two Almighty Mondays in a row, possibly three, but I think that the anime is taking a one-week break, which will throw our schedule off. So I think we're going to have episodes go live on the 5th, the 12th, and then be all caught back up proper-wise on the 26th. Yes. Don't hold me to that. That sounds about right, but you never can tell. Never can tell. And then there were some other things that uh, we wanted to present to our listeners. One of them was the Almighty Pod won a contest on Twitter uh, from Jasco Games. And uh, we won some of these rivalry decks for the new My Hero Academia a collectible card game that's coming out later this year. And once they found out that we were a podcast with a, a listening audience, they sent us a whole bunch. So we're getting like eight copies of each of the decks, which feature uh, one deck uh, has Midoriya and the other deck Bakugo. And we were given a bunch of copies to give away. So at some point, Adam and I are going to come up with a list of contest rules and we'll, we'll be able to give some of these decks away to folks that are listening, just like you. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm I'm really stoked to see these cards. I mean, I think we brought up the idea of a trading card game when we first started recording, and then we found something about it being real. So you and I have at least kind of, I won't say kept tabs on it, but we're aware that it was a thing. You definitely more so than me. So I'm I'm really excited. I, I play a lot of Pokemon in general. Like, I like trading card games. They're something I get addicted to and spend copious amounts of money on and then forget about for six months. Right. But it's something I really enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, and this is a system that, if I if I understand it well, I am unfamiliar with it, but it's supposed to be designed to be uh, pretty entry-level while also offering plenty of challenge to folks who are a little bit more adept at TCGs or CCGs, uh, but it also allows for you to kind of mix and match your, uh, your IPs, so you could have cards from other franchises in your decks for, you know, you're supporting your My Hero characters or possibly it works that i could take a my hero character and fight against a street fighter character which is another one uh that i know that they have it's called the universes system um and they are releasing this card game largely sometime in the fall but we're getting some of these um what they called like duo decks um that that have these rivalries and uh so we'll get a fully pre-con deck for bakugo and midoriya so that you can sit down and play immediately as soon as it's in your hands which is pretty neat yeah, this is going to be pretty exciting. We'll have to put together a quick review or something for the show and let everyone know what we think. Yeah, that sounds fun. And lastly, before we jump into the comic tricks, Adam and I have a little something not to announce. We decided against that, but to tease. And I'm going to let Adam do that. Yeah, I'm really excited. We, uh, we might be working on a new project very soon. Uh, it will be for all of our patrons. So it'll be a Patreon-only content, uh, which you can sign up for. It's patreon.com slash network. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. We've got lots of content. Uh, my wife and I, Hannah, run a, a separate show named The Poe Show uh, that are related to our characters from Rocks and Rune Lords, another podcast from Back Patio Network. But in general, our lowest tier on Patreon is at the $5 tier however if you're a patron you're going to get access to this and, and you can become a patron at less than that so if you like the show you like what adkins and i do and you're interested in another show where we're going to be talking about some stuff and covering things uh check out our patreon we would really appreciate it and it helps support the show it helps us get to more places and bigger better things which is what we want to do so check it out if you're interested we'd love to have you Yes, it will be a podcast about stuff and things. We're, we're trying to be really vague. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to reveal too much right now. But uh, we will say 
that even though uh, the majority of the podcast will be available only to patrons, the first two episodes we are going to seed in the Almighty Podcast feed so you can get a little bit of a taste and decide if it's worth a buck or not. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And hopefully it's worth at least a buck. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think it'll be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know you are too. Would it be saying too much, Adam? I'm putting you on the spot. Would it be saying too much to say that if people have been listening to the the AMP, they will not be shocked when we reveal what this thing is? No, I don't think that's saying too much. And I I would just be surprised (laughs) if our listeners didn't immediately guess it. But you know that's okay. We're gonna leave it out there. Maybe maybe they'll guess it. Maybe they won't. Maybe that's the entry to uh, the giveaway for the cards. If you can guess yeah. what this next maybe podcast is, <laughs> yeah, well, don't hold us to that. I think we're gonna come up with something a little bit more intricate than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But feel free to guess on Twitter or in the Discord channel. But we're here to talk about My Hero Academia Smash Volume Two. So let's do that. Let's uh, do Adam it. And I have sat down and consumed uh, the entire uh, Tonkabon or manga volume. And we have gone through and selected each of us our own top 10. And so we're just going to work from basically from the beginning of the book to the end and pop off back and forth which strips we think are the best. Uh, so we're going to describe those to you. If you are unfamiliar with the My Hero Academia Smash volumes, they are comic takes on uh, the, the anime or the manga content for My Hero Academia uh, proper uh, they're they're very goofy, very silly, very exaggerated. Everything's in like a chibi art style. Um, they cover different portions of the show. I think this one kind of starts in and around the sports fest and goes into internships. And there's some space in between and maybe beyond that that this reaches into. Um, but they're super fun. Uh, you can find them for like 10 bucks. Uh, you know, the same price as the manga volumes out in the wild uh, in there. Highly recommended by us. We love these things. It's yes. a darn shame that there's only five. They're there's a five lot of and that's fun. It. Yeah, and they're a lot of. They're on the Shonen Jump app too. So if you're on that Shonen Jump app, you can get another place to check them out at. Uh, but they're also often kind of like what's happening in the downtime between classes or like during class. It's the stuff you don't see in the show that I feel like could legitimately be happening. You know? Yeah. Some some of the interactions are perfect. Uh, so do you want to go ahead and get us started off? You want to give us the first one you picked out? I will. Um, Shockingly, I think both my first one and my second one involve my uh, two of my favorite characters. Um, So first one is features Jiro prominently and my second one, Aizawa. But let's let's not get ahead of myself. My first selected uh, strip is called Portable Generator, and it's a four panel comic. Most of these are where in the first panel, Jiro is kind of squatted down behind a boombox and she realizes that she needs a power outlet. But luckily, we know Denki Kaminari has been known to charge all of the electrical things. Um, he, he's a walking uh, portable charger, and so she jams the boombox uh, outlet or the plug up into his nose. Not not all <laughs> that uh, you know terribly funny, but Mina is also on the scene, and she has something that she wants to charge as well. And with, with his nose occupied, she just rams this thing right up his butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she that says, I funny. guess I'll use this one. <laughs> and there's this violent scene of her shoving this uh, cord right up Denki Kaminari's rear end. And it made me laugh out loud when I read it. Yeah, that one was a really funny. I like that one quite a bit. Uh, all right, well, let me go ahead and jump into this one. So my first one is Like the Actors in Teen Dramas is what it's named. Uh, and it starts out with the for- sports festival. Uh, Aizawa is telling the kids like, hey, you know, this is where the country's top heroes and scouts uh, are going to be. You've only got 
one time a year to show yourself off and you've only got three chances. So you really need to be good at this. Like get out there, do your best, grit those teeth and do the best you can in the next few weeks. And Mineta's talking about how, you know, oh, what another harsh story arc. And, and Sarah says, I bet some kids try to get held back a year on purpose to make more attempts. To which Jiro replies, definitely possible. Be on the lookout for anyone who looks suspiciously old for high school. And then the last panel is everybody looking at Sato with this like, hmm. And he's just saying, what are you looking at me for? I'm the same age as you, jerks. He does seem, he does look a little older, I guess. He does a little bit. Uh, you know, what's funny is out of all of the kids in class 1A, Ida looks the oldest. I mean, he looks like a 35-year-old man. Like, he does not look like a kid to me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. He's just very, he's very tidy. Ida is very sharp dressed. Yes, that's what it is. All right. My second one is called Softish Side. And uh, the topmost panel has uh, Vlad King just dis- uh, displaying this very, very nice, well done banner that says destroy class A uh, that he's <laughs> probably going to put on display for the sports festival. It, it even looks like it has Shenron holding a Dragon Ball on it. It's pretty cool. And uh, Midnight asking Aizawa, did you make a class for 1A or no? And he says, ah, I'm not good at that stuff. And so he starts to walk off with Mike and Vlad, but then uh, Midnight turns around and finds a crumpled up piece of paper and it has four different attempts of Aizawa to make uh, to make up to, to come up with a sign that he liked and he didn't like any of them and so they're all x'd out it's like you can do it 1a and plus ultra 1a and then one has a cat that just says 1a and then victory or death 1a and she just says oh i saw you're such a cutie he tried he tried to make a banner but he just couldn't he couldn't do it poor guy i just love it it's not terribly funny but it's a, i think it's a good uh character moment for aizawa it's good insight into what's going on behind his brain Especially yeah. if you've been reading Vigilantes, you know a little bit more about his uh, obsession with kitties. That's right. So my next one is, uh, it's actually two. I'm going to go ahead and pop two off here. I'm going to surprise you. Uh, they go hand in hand. The first one is named an earful, and it's got Jiro just kind of running, and she's like overlooking this uh, awning, I guess, this this lake area. And she says, you know, I guess not every event is going to involve running. And I've actually got an advantage underwater since liquids transmit sound waves better. And she like walks down to the water and she's got her uh, ear jacks plugged into the water and she's fine tuning her output. And she says, I'll try to knock out the fish, but nothing else. And then after she does her, it, it's got like a badoom, you know, like she's activated her quirk. And then Sue floats to the top. <laughs> <laughs> The, That's sec- great. the second one is named Fried Frog, and it's the same setup, except this time it's Kaminari. And he's like questioning himself, like, can I really use my quirk against against people? Like, can I do this? And he walks down to the water and he says, better fine tune things. And Jiro is standing up above him. And she's like, Kaminari, you don't stop. And he goes ahead and, you know, pops off his quirk and Sue floats to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sue. I know. But those two cracked me up. She has her moments in in uh, in one of my comics, I think, at some point. Uh, my third one is Scapegoatism. This is a Mineta one, just for Ness. I actually handpicked this one with Ness in mind. Um, Mineta is pretending to be under... Uh, he's pretending that he's being mind-controlled by Shinso. Uh, and he's oh, got yeah. his arms out, and his <laughs> eyes are all blank, and he's advancing on a handful of the 1A ladies. So uh, Sue is there, Jiro's there. Uh, and Mina, I believe is also there. And he's like, it's not me. My body's moving on its own. I need boobs. Uh, and then they are totally onto his game. So when he gets close enough, they, they all act like they have been brainwashed and just start whooping the crap out of him. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ida turns around. He sees all this, you know, Ida isn't always the quickest on the uptake. 
So he turns around and he yells at Shinso, how underhanded uh, do you have to be? Release them at once. And Shinso's just like, I didn't do anything. You hero class people are just nutcases. Yeah, that's <laughs> that awesome. Great. That is a good one. Uh, so my next one is named uh, Nailing Down Rolls. And it starts off with Midoriya. And I think this is when they're all out. Like, this is not in the show at all, but they were all basically going on a day trip to go to some garden areas. And so Midoriya says, uh, I'll be in charge of taking picks. And then there's uh, Kirishima. He says, "I can I can whip up a good wrestling ring for sumo. Like I don't who does that? Why would you re- wrestle su- or sumo wrestle out in the middle of the the woods like this? I don't know." Uh, <laughs> but Kreati says, "I'll create whatever else we need." And then Mineta and Kaminari come out of nowhere, and they're like, "Oh, we're in charge of games, and they both want to do pocky games." And Jiro responds with, those sparkles won't convince us. Come up with games that involve less kissing or else. As uh, Sue and Jiro are both, like, assaulting them. Like, it looks like Sue has poisoned Kaminari and Jiro has, like, plugged her headphones into uh, Mineta's head. Yeah. <laughs> Man, these comics are so, like, witty and smart and fun. And they do so much in four little panels. I, um, I know. and it's... They're so great. Some of it relies on you being aware of the show for sure, you know, just just having oh, watched yeah. the show and knowing the characters. But like the the small interactions, they feel really like something that would happen. It's great. Yeah, they're they're caricatures, right? I mean, that's what this that's what the I think the conceit of the manga is, is they take uh, things about each of these characters and kind of turn them up a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and exaggerate things. And it's so much fun. Um, my next one. Uh, is called Dubbing Part 3. And there were many of these that were like this, but I chose this one um, just so I didn't have like half my list being these because the the idea for them is super funny to me. Um, also, it involves Jiro. So the, this one, the way that this one's set up is Bakugo and Todoroki are walking around the dorms and uh, they're just out and about doing their chores. And Bakugo's like, hey, we still got a grudge match. We got to settle this thing. And Todoroki is still kind of brushing them off. And they, it turns into this big shouting match. But in the third panel, it's it looks like a Jiro. It is Jiro, um, but it's all like dreamy. And it and what she's saying is, uh, was it all just a game to you? No, I would never tour with your emotions. Now kiss me, you fool. And then it zooms back into the fourth panel where she's cowering behind this corner where she was providing voiceover, uh, her own voiceover to this love conflict that was going on between uh, Bakugo and Todoroki. And, and of course, Bakugo hears this and he's like, who said that? I'll murder you dead. It's just the <laughs> fact that she had turned them into this, this romantic, romantic drama. That was so much fun. There's, there's like three or four of those in this volume and they're, all of them are funny to me. They, they were fun fact for all the listeners out there. That was the only comic that Atkins and I both picked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he, he was kind enough to take it off of his list so I could keep it on mine. Cause he's a good friend. Oh, I try. I try. So the next one I've got is named What Fuels You? And it's basically like there were, I think there were four or five of these as well, where it's the same concept. It's got like a character drinking random different items and what item they would drink. And in the beginning, it's Kaminar, or sorry, it's Kirishima. Uh, and he's drinking this, uh, what's named Five Alarm Ginger Ale. And it's Bakugo's and he's drinking it. He's like, oh my gosh, that's so spicy. What is this? And Bakugo's all pissed off. And then Sato appears to be just drinking condensed milk, which I guess makes <laughs> sense because he probably uses that in a lot of confectionery work that he does with his pastries. Uh, it probably jacks his blood sugar up real quick. So he's able to use his quirk. Uh, but Ojiro is in the back like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm totally good. 
Uh, then we get a quick scene here between Jiro and Sue, and Jiro's just sipping on what looks like some soda, and she says, this green tea's a little weak, huh? And Sue responds with, nah, that's um, not for drinking, it's my pond water. <laughs> and I'm like, Sue, why would you have bottled pond water? I guess maybe maybe she was carrying it around like for the same reason Gang Orca kept bottles of water on him, just in case she got a little dry around the edges. Oh, maybe. That's fair. My next one is called Fluffy, F-W-U-F-F-Y. And this is a scene inside of the classroom where Ochako and Jiro, no, Ojiro, are up at the front. And Ojiro is saying, all right, you know, he's he's it, it's all very... Uh, administrative. He's talking about there being no absences, but both of them are kind of mildly blushing. Uh, and then in the second panel, he's trying to continue with his announcements, but now Ochako's got her eyes closed and she's blushing more. And there are these weird, like vibration lines around her and he's cutting her eyes at her and he's continuing to try to push through. And now she's looking absolutely, I mean, she's, she's looking flush and she's cocked her head to the side, and there's this new, there's an automatopoeia of Shaka on there, and you finally find out in the last uh, panel that he, he yells at her not to touch that, and she's got a hold of his tail, and has just been, like, stroking it underneath the, uh, <laughs> behind the podium, and she's just like, just ten more seconds in heaven, please, and she's just holding and, and petting his tail, I which is like great. There were a handful of weird Ojiro comics with his tail, like, concerning his tail, it seemed like. I think there were a handful of those. This one was strange because, like, it, I mean, you could read this as a very, like, borderline adult kind of comic. Yeah. <laughs> but it's totally, it's, I don't, like, I, I read it that way, like, but it could also be way innocent or she just likes fluffy things. But the way that it's presented, it, it looks, <laughs> it looks very adult kind of. There were a handful in volume two that I, I would classify as, like, maybe risky, you know, just a little bit. Because just oh, yeah. because of the way they read. Um, yep. So my next one is named Following Your Instincts, and this is that infamous scene after Midoriya and Todoroki have had their first talk at the at the sports festival where Todoroki's like, uh, my dad, and Midoriya's like, uh, your dad. So it's after this, he's talking to Endeavor, and uh, he's telling him, I'm not All Might, and Endeavor's like, well, of course you're not, and before he can even say anything, Midoriya interrupts him and says, and Todoroki isn't you. Also... Can I please get your autograph? <laughs> and then it's him holding like a an autograph book and Endeavor's like, uh, okay. And he's got his pen ready and he says he's already the number one fanboy. That cracked me up. Cause I totally can't believe that that didn't happen in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what like there's room for these to have taken like some of these, not all of them, but uh room for some of these to be like totally canonical. Yeah. Uh, because there's space for a lot of this stuff uh in the in the gaps of what we actually are presented. I think probably to this day, one of my favorite smash comic strips is the one where all might goes to save Midoriya from the, uh, the like, I was about to call it the sploosh monster. What was it? The sludge monster. The sludge monster. Yeah. Uh, and, and he misses the, the wrong like manhole and pops out somewhere completely different. Midoriya dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. They could totally happen. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so I lied earlier. I'm sorry. I did include two of these where uh, Jiro is is making fanfics uh, based on arguments because my next one is called Deep Fake. And again, it's Todoroki and Bakugo, and they're they're fighting back and forth. Uh, this time, they're they're upset about who got the most um, uh, requests for them to come and work with their intern or, or, or as an intern rather. And Todoroki, of course, is like they only picked me because of my father, and then. 
you know, Bakugo goes off and flies off the handle so that he's got a hold of Todoroki's tie and has pulled him in real close. And they're yelling about daddy issues and but getting ready to fight. And Jiro's still around this corner and she's typing this stuff out where she says, uh, I said, look at me right in the eyes. I am looking right into your eyes. And then she <laughs> says, the whole school's going to see this after some creative editing. And I love that, too. That's Just awesome. her making her own little like saucy, romantic fanfics of the two. These two guys fighting is it brings me so much joy. You know, it could legitimately like the dorms of UA probably could serve as a, a reality TV show, like Big Brother or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, if they weren't underage, that's the only kicker. They'd have to that's be of true. age. We always gotta. I I know I said that a lot early on in the <laughs> anime, where I was like, guys, we have to be mindful of the fact that these are like fourteen-year-old kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my next one is named Fixed Match, and it's the match between Todoroki and Midoriya. And the Toads is all like, I'll show my father. And, you know, Midoriya is telling him, hey, your power is your own. If you become number one without giving it your all, then I don't really think you're serious about denying him everything. And Todoroki's like, you're pissing me off. Did my bastard of a father pay you off or something? And, and then Midoriya's sitting there and he's got his hands together and he goes, hmm, not going to lie. Uh, he did give me his autograph, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Todoroki responds with, ha. You almost tricked me into character development. And that, I got a kick out of that. He's been bought. What was it? The, who was it that shouted? Uh, it was Monoma, right? In one of the recent episodes where he was like, he got character development? Yeah, it was. The, I think it was manga. Bakugo in general. Like they were talking yeah, about Bakugo. Yeah, he was talking about Bakugo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun. I, I almost love that like fourth wall breaking because it almost is, but it's not quite, you know? My next comic. I think is the best one of this entire volume. It might be the funniest one out of the first two volumes, but it's been a while since I read volume one. Certainly, in my opinion, strongest, funniest comic in volume two. It's called More 108 Earthly Evils, and it's a, a Momo comic. Uh, and she got 108 requests or opportunities for her internship. So she says, despite my shameful performance, 108 hero agencies somehow saw potential in me. And then here's how the list reads, like her offers. <laughs> Oh, gosh, this is so great. So the first one, the Leggy Agency, who uh, <laughs> whose hero, I guess, is Lace Queen Hero, says, you've got the right assets oh, to work no. with us. And then the third one, or second one, is the G-Cup Woman, the soft core hero. And they say, that rack of yours basically counts as a cork on its own. And <laughs> then the last one is from the mayor, who's the politician hero. And his just says, I'm in need of a new secretary. Oh, so my God. In the, in the third comic. She's she's got a duffel bag and she's walked up in the fourth panel to this building and is asked, you want to join our nunnery? Wait, don't don't cut off your hair right here. And she says, I have no choice. The secular world is too corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Those are good. Just remember, oh she's, my gosh. she's 15. It's, Leave her alone. It, it's so great. It's the best one. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's it's the best one. I, like I, we're not presenting these in any um like ranked order but if we were this would that would have been my last one it would have been my drum roll please this is the funniest one that's awesome so this is my last one um this is the one that i thought was really good uh, your last one it is my last one i've given you a bunch oh did you you doubled up in a couple places so I, I still yeah. got three more yeah i doubled up in one place so okay uh but my last one 
His name playing with fire, and it is that scene right where Todoroki and Midoriya are finally finishing off the fight, and everything's getting crazy. This is like when the the arena basically explodes, and as it's starting to explode, you see like Ida and Achako, and they're talking like, "Oh no, he used. It's not my problem. What happens to you now?" And it, it shows Midoriya and Todoroki both like in flames, basically, and then the third party view of the arena and there's that like wakoom and flames coming out of the middle and then it's just Midoriya talking to God and he says sorry kid but that obviously killed you (laughs) (laughs) and then you hear people in the audience going don't head towards the light Midoriya Uh, and and Midoriya's like begging this guy like send me back God send me back and that just cracked me up because I'm like that would totally happen to him Oh my gosh, these comics are so great. It could turn into Dragon Ball Z real quick uh, if that were to happen, and this show would just take a whole nother, whole nother turn where like Midoriya shows up at the last minute to save everybody all the time. My next one, I kind of cheat. Um, it is it is a pair. I'm not going to describe them totally. The concept by itself is funny enough, so that's all that I'm going to describe. Uh, but in the first panel of the series that totals eight, Bakugo is flying off his handle at a villain, but he is stopped in mid-leap uh, mid mid act of aggression by best genist who he is working with, who oh, has no. tightened his pants and has given his nuts a squeeze. God, yeah. And then making him like contorting him into these really crazy like calendar girl poses against his will, which is a super <laughs> awesome application of his quirk that he could just pose you however he wants. Uh, so he does it for two comic strips and the second one, for some reason, he's got Bakugo in like leopard print complete with a tail and he's like crawling around on all fours doing blue steel and stuff like this. And then of course he ends up getting his nut squeezed too. Just the whole concept of that <laughs> is great. And I, I would love to see best genus do something like that in the anime. That was some like insane teaching via humiliation is what that was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those, so those so panels good. I remember like per panel i remember that entire se- sequence those are ridiculous well tell tell the audience what you told me uh, like why you remembered uh, those because it's so cursed that is like cursed <laughs> content at its best like there's something about that like it made me crack up but i was like this shouldn't be in this book this is wrong <laughs> oh my gosh um so you're out you're out of comics i am i gave you 12 okay Jeez. You got my man, top 12 I, One, two, I, three, I've... four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, maybe I only had eight. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Adam's screwed up. Because I feel like I doubled up like once, but I counted it as just one on my list. So I'll carry us out here. Uh, I just have two more anyway. Um, at some point, they are given these baby doll slash robot things to uh, carry around. Kind of like, you know, some high school um, programs make you do that. You have to, like, take care of the baby, and it has things that'll tell if you dropped it and whatever. Um, so in, in one of the comics called endangerment, there's an hour left, I guess, for them. I don't remember what this, what they're supposed to do in this hour, but Ida takes off running. Um, and he says, I'm, I'm like a fish in water when I'm running. And so he's running at full speed and he says, this shall be my victory. And he kicks on recipro, uh, recipro burst. But when he does, it snaps the neck of his baby because it's like papoosed to his back. Uh, <laughs> so just the G forces this baby's neck. And so. At 59 minutes and 47 seconds, so 12 seconds in, he's just holding this baby down on his knees, crying about it. Uh, and the the little last little caption on it just says, your robots won't hold up to reckless endangerment. Which Gosh, is great. that's really funny. And that's something I feel like speedsters, you know, that gets brought up a lot in like almost every universe is the idea that they've got to protect the person they're holding somehow. Like the Flash is always holding the back of people's heads so that way their neck doesn't snap. Yeah, 
That would have been useful for Ida. He had it papoosed, like strapped to his back. Oh, that's such a bad um, idea. Yeah. Cause and speaking he... of like speedsters needing to be uh, careful, I watched the first episode of The Boys for the first time today. Dude. Have you seen that? Oh my gosh. That's a great show. Yeah. If, oh, like, if you're into The Boys, you also need to check out Invincible. Two very good similar oh, yeah. shows. Both awesome. I watched all of Invincible. Invincible's really good. Um, you know, that was a comic series I wish I had gotten into, but I did not. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the boys good. really good. That's another based off another comic series too. So it is, it is. But the first episode of Speedster does Dude. something awful. <laughs> yeah, that those are two shows that the first episodes you're just like, oh okay, okay, okay. Oh my god, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, the last like two minutes of the first episode of Invincible is a crazy tonal shift from yeah. the first forty minutes of it or whatever it was. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, talk about big tonal shift. My last comic is from the very back of the the volume, and it's called Terrible Fours. And um, for some reason, uh, several members of Class 1A are turning back or are reverting into babies. And I can't recall why this is. It could just be a conceit. Um, But you get to see some of them as babies. And so, uh, like, Sue, as a baby, has a little tadpole tail sticking out, uh, which is real cute. And she says, I hate it. I want to do metamorphosis, (laughs) which is great. She's super self-conscious about her frog tail. Um, And Midoriya is still an adult. He looks over at Ojiro, and he's like, oh, Ojiro's tail is still tiny. And it's just this little pokey, fluffy thing at the end. Um, But then (laughs) you get a panel where it's this black chick that just cracked out of an egg. Oh no, is it Tokoyami? Yeah, it's Tokoyami. <laughs> and and it says peep. Um and so the, the the last two things on this are great because Midoriya shouts, nah, that ain't right. We're humans, which is accurate, but it's still funny that they depicted it this way. And then they translate Tokoyami's peep, and the translation is Behold the Abyss. Oh wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh. It's so great. Gosh, Smash is so good. See, and that's where it like, I think this is something we've talked about in the past where like, was Tokoyami born like this or did he just wake up one day and have a bird head? Yeah. According to that comic, <laughs> he came out of an egg. <laughs> he was hatched. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh man. These are fun. I, I think They're so much better than the school briefs volumes that I eventually gave up on because I love myself just a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Those sound like those are a little, uh, a little rough to get through. Um, they're just, uh, yeah, they're, they, they had their bright moments in a couple places. Like, I mean, like that Mineta section that I read to you that you thought was biblical for, <laughs> for whatever I don't reason. know what I was thinking. <laughs> That was great. That section, that little part of the story was awesome, but the rest of it was just tedious, man. Tedious. It's a the small oasis in the middle of a swamp. You just had to slog yeah. through it. Yeah. But, you know, we do have three more volumes of these, um, and we don't circle back around to them with, with great frequency. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm sure that we're going to cover all five of them eventually, but it's good to have what we know to be super funny, enjoyable, quick content for us on the horizon that isn't ties and socks. Absolutely. Those ties and socks, though, they're coming around. They're coming. <laughs> One day it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I still can't wait to get back into Vigilantes. That has got me so excited. And we're getting pretty close. I mean, I don't want to say that, but here in probably like four months, we'll be back into Vigilantes and that's going to be a blast. Maybe not even that long. I mean, we're halfway through pres- presumably and possibly um, fifth season already. Yeah, it should be about 12 weeks, right? So I guess three months, yeah. three to four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this kicked back off March 27th. We're now, um, as we record, this is uh, June 22nd, uh, and we're halfway through. So a couple more months, two, three more months, um, and then we'll have to, we, don't, we won't have to. I make it sound like it's a terrible thing. We get to go back to Vigilantes. Uh, and then when that well runs dry, we've got other things to, to dabble in as well. Shirts and ties. 
shirts and ties. And then also <laughs> our other pod. Yes. Well, you guys will have uh, something new to listen to. Yeah. By then, by then you'll know, you'll know all the things about it. I'm, we're, we're hoping to have a, a full set of news sometime before August would be nice. You know what's really wild is when this episode drops, July 5th, I will be one more year closer to 30. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll be 29. When is your, when is your birthday? July 5th. July 5th? Oh, actually, on that day? On That's that cool. day, I'll be 29. Yeah, it blows Look my mind. And I'm it's like, a holiday. Yeah, I always you get lucky. You don't even have to go to work. Right? I was born at yeah. like 12.01, too, so I mean, I'm basically a July 4th. The, the, the fireworks were for me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they were heralding your arrival. <laughs> Man, I had to work on my birthday this year. I actually was on a a retreat that I had to lead on my birthday this year. So it was like double work on a day that I should have had off. No joke. Well, yeah, it happens sometimes. I think that'll wrap us up for our smash volume two. What do you think? It will, man. Uh, you know, I, I hate that we're not talking about the anime right this second, but this is the best that we could do. And we're going to hustle with anime episodes, catch you guys back up on the AMP side of things with, uh, the anime releases so that we can, re-engage you guys in those conversations but in the meantime you know what go pick up smash volume two hit us up on twitter or in the discord with what your favorite strips were um and who knows maybe that'll turn into entries into the contest later on we don't know probably not but you know still interact with us let's just let us know what you think yeah definitely definitely let us know and if you see a couple of good panels you like screenshot them throw them in the discord uh, i might actually post some here in just a few minutes just so that way some of you can see what we've been reading that sounds awesome All so right. we'll see you guys in the discord right after Adam drops these in there. We'll, we'll talk about them. Sounds good to me. Everyone, check out BackPatioNetwork.com. Uh, we got lots of awesome stuff going on over there. Awesome stuff. We're, we're just a small slice of that awesome pie. Have a good one. See you guys. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at AlmightyPod or follow at BackPatioNet for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash BackPatioNetwork. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O. 